Welcome to episode 171 of Take Flight Podcast. In this latest episode of our podcast, where we explore the latest innovations in technology and artificial intelligence. In this episode, we'll be discussing one of the most exciting developments in natural language processing, ChatGPT. ChatGPT is a language model that has taken the world by storm. It's been making headlines for its ability to generate human-like responses to natural language input, revolutionizing the way we interact with technology. But what exactly is ChatGPT and how does it work? In this episode, we'll be exploring the history and development of this remarkable technology, as well as the ways in which it is being used today. So join us as we delve into the world of chat GPT and discover the incredible possibilities that this technology holds for the future of artificial intelligence. Welcome everyone. And thank you for that lovely intro, chat GPT. I did not write that. I used chat GPT to do the intro of this episode. So just from the outset, you can see how powerful this tool is. But before we get into this episode, let's just do a round robin and see how everyone is doing. Olu, we'll start with you because your background looks somewhat different. Um, we are recording this episode in the day, but it looks like it's night where you are. So how are you doing? I'm good. Good. Can't complain. Um, I think the listeners or the loyal listeners would know that I have or had a trip planned to Bali. Um, so at this precise moment, I'm actually in Bali um, recording with these guys instead of meditation and yoga and other stuff that I could be doing right now. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm good. I can't complain. Um, I've been here now for a week, peaceful. You could probably tell by the smile on my face that I'm just happy. You look it. <laughs> you look it. And I'm not even sure it. why we're doing this episode about technology. We should be talking about <laughs> inner peace and finding us now. You can't play. <laughs> Oh, it doesn't sound like you're coming back. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but P, how's the rest of you guys been? P. Yeah, P, how's things on your side? Yeah, all good on my side. Um, I'm well, family's well. Uh, looking forward to um, our holiday next week. It's been a couple of years since we've um, taken a vacation. Um, so it's, um, yeah, we're very much looking forward to that experience as a family. And obviously, you can, I can share more details on the next episode that we record because then I would have probably been back by then. You coming to Bali? <laughs> we had a conversation about Bali actually, um, so not not this rotation, but but it's something on the table for sure. Oh yeah, I should have come through. Well, you need to start sharing more content, Olu, to to entice us. We'll do. <laughs> sure. I don't think we're the type of people that Ollie's trying to uh, entice. But anyway, let's carry on. And um, by the way, for any of the listeners, in case you're not following Ollie on Instagram, highly recommend you do it because he has gone to visit some amazing spots in Bali. And he's also showing muscles that I haven't seen for a good uh, couple of years. So he's in good shape as well. Um, sweating a lot, apparently. But anyway, uh, Daniel, to your question, yeah, all good on our mind. Had a great trip in, in Switzerland where I where able to catch up with um, a good group of friends and uh, show my wife the mountains for the first time uh, and then just recently got back from a week-long experience at Cambridge I've got two more months left and then graduation time so yeah home stretch home stretch now nice uh Mr Johnson how how are you doing yeah short and sweet all good all good on my end um just working unlike some like one like Olu just relaxing in the, the far the far uh 
far east. Um, but yeah, my time will come. My time will come. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but okay, great, great to hear that everyone's doing well. Um, so let's yeah dig into this episode. So, firstly, what were your thoughts about my intro um, to the episode? Do you thought? Did you think I wrote it? Did you have hazard a guess that it was you know formulated by Chat GPT? Well, the way you positioned the question, um, you've definitely leveraged Chat GPT to create your intro. But what I can say it had a lot of energy to it, so that's what I felt. It was good. I don't know whether I, whether I've been using Chat GPT too much, but I think the second you started talking, Daniel, I just felt like this was a Chat GPT intro. But it could just be because I'm plugged into the system almost on a daily basis. But it was good. It was very good. It was a really okay. good intro. It, it, I think. I think personally, I, I thought you probably used the tool because I know you're all in. You're all in on this um, AI. I'm just, <laughs> chill, I'm just, chill, chill, I'm just surprised you didn't get a voiceover as well and play the voiceover first. Uh, right? No, you need to, you need to have text to speech software for that. I don't have anything like that. Um, but no, I think sure you touched on a good point about being plugged in almost every day. But we'll get into your use cases later in the episode. But for those who have maybe been under a rock for the last couple of months or not really in the tech space. You may not have heard of chat about chat GPT. So let's kind of break it down to what chat GPT is. So it's a language model developed by OpenAI, and it was, um, it started back in 2018 and it's part of the GPT. So generative, generative pre-trained transformer family of models, which are based on deep learning techniques that allow them to generate human-like responses, responses to natural language inputs. So it's designed to understand the natural language and generate relevant and coherent responses. And it has been trained on a massive data set of text from the internet, which is allowed to learn patterns in language and generate responses that often are indistinguishable from those generated by humans. However, there's been a lot of drawback around it. Um, so it started in 2018, OpenAI um, founded, um, who'd founded ChatGPT. It launched in November 22, and it broke 1 million users in its first five days of launch. And often, if you're a user, you'll see that it crashes due to the traffic, those who are looking to get onto the service. In 2021, the tech firm had roughly a $14 billion valuation. And right now, it's valued at around 29 billion. So it's more than doubled in the last, say, 12 months at the time of um, its valuation, according to Semaphore. One thing to note about ChatGPT, it's really being used by the masses. We'll get into its use cases um, later in this episode. But one thing to note is Microsoft, back in, I believe, 2019, made a billion-dollar investment into ChatGPT and has pledged to make an, an, ex, an extra $10 billion um, in this company. It actually started as a non uh, a not-for-profit organization uh, back in 2018, but given the capital it would require to really expand, it had to change its strategy to be not-for-profit and then had a lot of backers into ChatGPT. So that's kind of the background into OpenAI, the background into ChatGPT. So let's go into what can it be used for, what are the opportunities it brings, and then we can touch a little bit on what do we think the disadvantages are, the fears it may um, may evoke or may, may come to light in future years or even now as people start to use it? And then do we think that other companies may come out with something, a similar product or a competing product to chat GPT? 
So who wants to start off? Kind of maybe Shabal will go to you, kind of because you've been using it. Um, so what 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 do you use it for? So two quick examples that I can share. Um, one is, and we we've discussed it as a, as a group on on the podcast. So I'm doing a part time master's course in in parallel to my uh, career, and with that, of course. There are a lot of essays, a lot of things to read, uh, a lot of content to consume, and also a lot of content to create. Now, what ha- what it has been useful for for me is when I'm looking for literature, for example, on a particular topic. So specifically, I'm doing my thesis on a macroeconomic topic around wealth and wealth inequality in the UK. Is it getting bigger? And if so, what are the key contributing policies that can help reduce the gap? Now, to do a literature review of all the data that's out there on that topic would take me a few hours, maybe a couple of days, quite extensive work. But with ChatGPT or other additional tools, I can ask it to give me some sources of literature that is already published and out there to then actually consolidate that information and give me a way to look at this information very quickly and most importantly, find it very quickly. So that's one example. and It saved me a lot of time uh, and effort. Uh, but of course, it's very important on what prompts you use. Content creation is another great use case as well. So Daniel, I think you've mentioned about using it to record or prepare the intro to the episode. On my end, I've actually used it to help prepare some Instagram captions and also some tweets as well. So uh, it's it's definitely useful and it gives a, a good foundation to work on uh, before modifying it based on your personal uh, story. So those are two examples that I've had firsthand. Uh, Olu, any anything from your end? Yeah, I think um, Shawas covers really um, the main use cases. Is anywhere that you're leveraging and using large data, and you want it to something called generative um, um, AI or very like transform transforming. Um, so what that means is is able to create original content or original text, leveraging sort of the information or the training that uh, the AI has actually learned. I think um, when it first came out, I was more looking at myself, the industry in which I work in and said, okay, how can this particularly help? And I thought about finance, accounting, bookkeeping, right? That's a place where it's very rule-based. So there's lots of documentation on how like the gap um, auditing, how to particularly do your accounting or bookkeeping. So based on that, you can connect your sort of um, data into um, um, into the AI tool and then be able to then be it questions and then it give you answers, right? I think that would be quite a cool element of it where you say, okay, let me know what my cash flow estimate will be. And I think it'll be able to um, replicate that. So I think in the accounting bookkeeping space, that's one way it's going to really help. The next one is really around sort of core centers, right? I think I've, we've already started seeing a little with certain call centers where they bought like automated response. So they say, can you speak or say something and then they can transfer you to the right place. But I think this is another place where it could add a lot of value in there as well. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see. I think there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of places it can help with. Um, but I think we're going to get later on to this episode about some of the disadvantages but before we get there, I'll pass it on to uh, uh, no, Before you pass on to Pete, I'm sure, you, Oli, you're going to have a lot of a, a, a rap sheet for the disadvantages for it. But it's funny when you mentioned about the call centers, about the automated response, because when I get that automated person, I'm trying to do any response to get to a human being. 
Yeah, it yeah. might be irrelevant. I'm pressing five, six, seven, eight. The last option to get That's to a, great a point. human because That's a great point. I don't want to be talking to this thing and it says, sorry, I can't hear you. I don't know what you're saying. Did you mean mm. this? No, I didn't. Oh, then it's so do you think that's online. Daniel, do you feel like that's because due to the quality of it, right? Because um for me no, it's the frustration. Yeah. It's not the quality. I think it's because I'm trying to have a conversation about something specific that only mm-hmm. a human can really understand, as opposed to a generic question like, oh, what are the opening times of a store? Or where yeah. do I do a refund? You know, those aren't those are quite generic questions where an automated mm. response will suffice. But if you're trying mm. to talk about something specific, like say, for example, um, an error in a bill or your phone bill or tax code issue, you want to talk to mm. a human being. But I think that's with especially the way the OpenAI and ChatGPT, um, the way they work is is this thing called the language model, right? So it's more conversational versus the old ways that they used to do so maybe it'll be better but yeah i agree with you currently it's not it doesn't work yeah. p yeah no p, my, p, 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 p. Have, have you used chat gpt <laughs> you know i think so, you know it's fair so, to say you're, you're, you're usually the late the last adopter of daniel, technology daniel, in the group. Daniel, no, daniel, so. slow down daniel slow down slow down this guy just got his Apple Watch. Baby steps. Let's let's get him there. No, no, no it's, it's funny. It's funny. Couple things. It's funny. And he shows the wrist. No, it's funny. Um, so funny enough, I'm I'm yet to be an active user, but I was talking to uh, Shuol uh, this morning, um, and then I went to try and log in, and it said to me, um, due to sort of we're fully sort of, I mean, the, the space is completely filled up, so I can't sign up. Um, so that's something that we can talk about a little bit in terms of how much traffic is actually running towards the site. Um. But personally, I recognize that it's a multi-billion dollar movement. Um, it's a complete disruptor, um, as you've mentioned in the open. And I think the two biggest questions to ask about AI, what, I mean, um, with ChatGPT, is one is how great can the tool become in terms of how reliable um, and how good can the information um, can it output? And the second thing is how many jobs is it going to replace? Um, mm. In terms of couple benefits, I think some obvious ones, I think if you look at sort of the corporate space, um, just looking at, for example, a HR department, its ability to sort of draft up job descriptions um, and turn out at sort of a, a high pace. Um, if you look at sort of lawyers being able to write up summaries, um, I think, I believe, my prediction is if we had Chat GPT at university, I would have secured a first in my degree. Right, because we're it's gonna, ability. We're going to talk about that in the disadvantages. We're it's ability to. I know. It's ability <laughs> to. It's ability to sort of generate code, right? So if you're a coder, um, it has its angle as well. So very, very powerful tool. Um, in and it can, you know, it speaks to every different aspect um, in the industry today. So um, very, very clear advantages. Um, but obviously, it comes down to the quality of the output, which we'll come on to. Yeah, agreed. And just to just to touch on quickly, content creation, as Sean mentioned, it can be used for uh, cover letters, job descriptions, writing recipes, writing poems, asking it general questions like you would Google. Many people think that chat GPT will replace Google in the future, but I think it needs a, a lot of work. Um, and it also can write university essays or assignments, it can even write raps if you're looking for a ghostwriter. Um, but, but, but then, it's, <laughs> funny, it's funny you said that because there are reports that suggest that it's going to re- become the number one search engine. But having spoken to Shuo earlier today, based on how often he's using it, you know, that, that, that's not maybe so far from the truth. It could be. It could Obviously. be. It could be. And I think 
Olu seems to be a decisive no. Olu, why, why did why why why? Yeah, let's that? let's get Olu nope. in the ring. Let's hear his comments. Nope. Come on, let's, yes, so let's do, let's do, no, now let's talk to this. Let's let's move on to the disadvantages then. Olu, yeah, you got the mic. Go oh, on. we going disadvantages or we talking yeah, yeah. about competitive? We'll talk about the dis. We'll talk about the disadvantages now of okay, Chat we'll GPT. Okay, cool. So it's funny because I started off with disadvantages and then I ended up having a long list. And I didn't really get to the advantages, but you guys can feel free to talk about the advantages. But sort of the disadvantages, I think P mentioned, right? If this was around during university, he would have got a first class degree, which takes you back to it's going to make human beings lazy, right? If, if we get to a place where people can use this to do coding, people can use it to write the essays, where is going to be that? Um, expertise or knowledge and as a human race we're going to become dumber and dumber in regards to just the reliance on this as just an assistant to do everything right people will be like oh i've got english essay gbt right this da, 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 da. are they going to be able to do it themselves now you can argue yes it's going to make life more productive etc but it's still an element of learning and understanding how to code and how does this transformation differ from the transformation of like uh, Wikipedia the and the internet? The internet. The because internet. The everything, is, everything you're saying is... It's giving you information. Like you use the internet right now. We say internet right now is probably one of the best tools for educating and learning from. So you watch a YouTube video, right? And you are actually trying to learn. That's different from me saying, hey, write an essay for me. It's, not, it's also different from she was using it as in, Okay, collect and put together a source of data so then I can then learn and read it versus me submitting my dissertation or thesis, just getting it to write it for me. Or like, um, yeah, et cetera. So that's the difference in there. Now, I just, when I've heard a lot of people talking about the use case, a lot of them have mentioned what you just said, Pete, right? You said, you didn't say, oh, I'll use it to assist me to learn or help me. You said... I would have got first class because it would have done all your assignments for you. So that's one of the elements. The second element, which we've got to always be careful of is even though it's generative AI and you can come up with original text, it needs the use of the open internet. So it's not really original. You say, hey, write this in the style of Eminem or in the style of something. It's not like it's creating new art is basically leveraging what is out there and already exists, right? So that originality element is there. The element of it also is for it to work is being trained, right? Mm -hmm. And when things are trained, you've got to ask yourself, where is the source of data coming from? So there's been so many examples of early stage AI. I think Microsoft had a company called Ty, which they had to close down because of the racist slur, the sexist, sexist views, like this world, like it's going to look, let's say, for example, it was to search the internet, the open AI, right? And it looks at the, the what, what they class as the history of sort of the world. And it says, you know what? Minorities are less than white people, right? And then it's given answers or whatever in that sort of racist, biased way. Like you've got to be completely careful with that element of it and i think as it gets bigger and bigger and it starts to self-learn itself that could be a completely dangerous dangerous thing right so 
how do you combat that? Another disadvantage, you're going to have to get human beings still to clean and regulate the data. So it's going to have to teach itself like, okay, this is inappropriate, this is incorrect, whatever, et cetera. Um, so yeah, I think I've went through quite a few of the disadvantages, right? But those are like the main ones that stood out for me. Um, advantages element of it is if it's used the right way, um, it could be a great assistant for you. It can drive productivity. It can drive you working on the important things or learning the important things versus, um, spending hours. I think she gave a great example, spending hours looking at multiple sources, basically like Google, like we have right now. I think if it uses that sort of concept, but it makes it more easier, more of a conversational element, then that would be good. But I'll pass on to you guys. Yeah, I just want to quickly jump in, actually, um, just maybe correct my, my statement around it would have got me a first. I think I think I was leaning towards, because I think, Olo, you bring up a good point around how you use it, right? So mm-hmm. it, it becomes a real negative if you just copy and paste. But if if mm-hmm. it's, if you give it, and I think Sean mentioned this, it's using it as a foundational element to, mm-hmm. to generate some data and then add your personal touch or understanding on top right to save time which i think is the biggest factor that we can talk about so um yeah the the extreme is you copy and paste um and then you don't have authenticity or you don't actually have any type of understanding of what you're actually doing um but if you can find the hybrid i think it can actually help with with a lot of students so let's see how that um how that goes um so yeah, I would have yeah, my, it would have increased my probability of getting the first. I'll put it that way. Um, sure. I think I mean Oli, you've you've touched upon some of the the key points, and P you nicely added. I think from from my end again, from first hand experience, I would say at the moment because we are in such an early phase of Chat GPT, there's a big question around accuracy. So the examples that I gave earlier on how I've used it because it's essentially scraping uh, multiple websites and sources across the internet, it pulls one number, but actually it's referring to a different statistic and vice versa. So at the moment, it's still in its infancy. So again, just to get a feel of a topic, to get a direction of a topic, it's great. But if you peel down one more layer, then it's still not 100% there. But again, we're we're almost where Google was in the uh, late 1990s, early 2000s. There's a long way to go. And I think it will have more advantages than disadvantages at the moment. So, Olu, we can definitely uh, discuss this uh, later on. I would just do a plug, actually. Um, We have a Take Flight podcast episode all the way back in episode number 73, where we had the uh, privilege of interviewing Simon Brown, who's the chief learning officer of Novartis, one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world. And there, one of the things that he recommended for people to do with this learning mindset is to not worry too much about having the answers, but to ask very, very good questions. And I think this Mm -hmm. is becoming even more important now as we go into this chat GPT or GPT era. Um, And in case you didn't want to go all the way back to episode 73, episode 137, you can also check out where I did a takeaway episode where the title is Leadership Lessons Asking Better Questions. So there's two, two plugs there. I think with that, I'll pass it over to you, Daniel. Dan, before you go, actually, because you probably have quite a few points and this is drawbacks. Um, I just wanted to tie in with what Sean Olu mentioned, which is the, the I guess the, the theme of one of the major disadvantages is garbage in, garbage out. So that point around training, right? So, um, but that also speaks to myself and Daniel on a call and, and he was telling me, look, try it out, right? So, and we was trying to, he asked me a question like, type in this, this particular job description or see what comes out. If the question is not great, the answer won't be good. 
right? So it's even yourself knowing how to use the tool in an effective way. Um, but I think the biggest disadvantage that I, I've noticed or recognized, especially in a, in a, in a, in a world today where we have cybersecurity um, um, issues and companies is people are actually using ChatGBT to train it and, and sort of create code um, to, for hacking. Right and for soft and software dysfunction, so that's something which has been detected, has been picked up. Um, and imagine, think about the other extreme where you can type something in and say, "How do I hack this particular iPhone?" and it can give you a series of answers. Right, mm -hmm. so now you're even allowing the hackers to get to their sort of answers a lot faster, which which is quite scary. Um, so that's, I think that's the biggest um, um, disadvantage, which needs to be in some way, shape, or form controlled by those who train it. To Oli's point, um, Daniel. Yeah, just just to, to highlight to the listeners, whilst it's an open source tool, it does have some safeguards. So there are parameters or responses that it will not provide. So you can't just do look for you know ask malicious questions for malicious intent or to do something that's illegal. It would you know block that response or block that question. Um, I haven't tried it. I don't want it marked against my ID, but I know it says that <laughs> when you're logging in or the kind of the terms and conditions around that. So based, you know, on what's already said, the accuracy and factuality is one of the main concerns of ChatGPT. It's in its infancy. I think over time it will continue to grow. It will continue to develop. It will continue to be trained. But yes, it is open source. It may be tailored responses based on its sort of input. And therefore, you know, thinking outside the box, are we going to be trained by a tool to think one way? Mm. Are we going to be trained to think, okay, these are the answers. This is fact. This is gospel rather than to be able to think freely for yourself. Um, but, you know, on the disadvantages and the fears, I think many people are afraid that it's going to replace their job. You know, chat GPT is very good for conversational, for to be a conversational agent, uh, for content generation, for research, and for creative applications. So I think at this stage, many people are fearful that it will, you know, take their jobs. People are thinking, okay, if I'm out of a job, what, what else can I do? And I think it's, it's time to really start thinking about your value um, just in general. And this goes for everyone, irrespective of the industry, because as this grows, its ability to do more things will also grow. Um, and for those who are actually interested in a podcast, there was a mini series by Reed Hoffman, who was co-founder of LinkedIn. He had a, a, a mini, he has a mini series podcast with, um, sorry, about AI and has an episode directly with chat GPT in a conversational manner where he uses text-to-speech for ChatGPT's response. Um, so check that out if you're interested. It's on YouTube and Spotify. But moving on now, you know, I think we touched on its use cases, what it can be used for, which is some of its advantages, the disadvantages of, um, of the tool. Um, but then let's look at kind of, do we think other companies will release something similar? Um, it's, for, for anyone who pays attention to the news, Google, have have something similar. I, I'll let Olu touch on that because I think he's he, he's got a bit to share on that. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. I'm just. Um, I don't think it's going. Okay, let's take a step back. So, I think Daniel, you mentioned in the intro that Microsoft is one of the main investors in um, Chat GPT. Correct. Yeah. Please. What is their search engine called? Oh, Bing. How many people on this? That, that was a big flop. That was a big flop. That was the, one of the biggest flops. <laughs> yeah. No one uses So, big. I think most people, the large population of people are going to use ChatGPT as a replacement for search. 
right? And if that's the case, what's the number one company that has years and years of years of understanding alphabet. alphabet, right? Google, right? So they've got years of years of experience, understanding the best in the game when it comes to coding, understanding this. So I think it's, I don't believe it's going to be just a one person monopolize and take over the whole um, industry. But I think we'll be naive to think that Google and which they have released their own version of it um, is not going to compete and put up an amazing fight just because of how large the um, the business is in terms of how much is worth is worth more than um, is worth more than Microsoft last time I checked. Um, so I think there's going to be multiple plays in the space. Um, the, I think what's going to be quite interesting more for me is the smaller players. So who are able to leverage or use it to make it functional for um, organizations, right? I would love a day where a company comes into the industry that I work in and say, hey, look, we're going to revolutionize the way you guys do finance. Instead of you needing, um, instead of you having all these datas all over the place or whatever, we can empower you in a way where you can just talk to this tool and it can give you all the different answers, right? So that's more interesting for me. But going back to the original question, right, I think in my mind, Google is too big, too much experience in the space. And yeah. But it's funny, it's funny you said it, Olu, because I, whilst I agree something more niche would be more revolution, revolutionary, because if something like ChatGPT, you know, that would, that would end up being acquired by, you know, Google or Microsoft, anyone, a big player, Correct. you know, they'll get a big player Correct. and they'll enjoy it. But you know, Sundar Pichai, um, CEO of Google, uh, part of the Alphabet company, they they recently unveiled their competitor called Bard um, in a brief presentation earlier in February. Um, and the brevity mm-hmm. of the presentation and the fact that Bard gave at least one incorrect answer in a live sort of demo was the main criticism mm-hmm. of the event. So rather than people seeing it as a direct competitor, they saw it was something that was a huge error and there was it was in, it was actually incorrect, factually incorrect. Mm-hmm. And many people within Google have come to say you know, it was just, uh, it was terrible that they rushed, they, they even said that they rushed with the layoffs, they rushed with this product and it's an absolute flop. Um, so on your point about Google coming into the space, they really need to take their time um, to do it. And I think optically it just doesn't look the way that they want to invest 10 billion with mass layoffs at the same time. It just doesn't look right from an outside perspective. I think, Daniel, what you're talking about is probably one of the reasons why Microsoft did it really well, right? They're investing, but they're still part of open AI. They haven't integrated it to their suite of work, right? Because of the, what you've just mentioned there. Not yet. The, Not yet. They haven't integrated it yet because of what you've mentioned there in terms of the credibility element of it is if it gives a wrong answer or at least to something something completely crazy, right? The um, reputation that these companies will lose and the sues and whatever, they don't want to be in that yet. So I I don't think it's going to completely integrate into Microsoft or Google yet. It's probably going to be another sort of one, two years time before we start to see it more integrate into like people's emails, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. Daniel, I was going going to say, I haven't seen the presentation where this mistake was made. Um, but I draw a comparison to um, when Elon Musk, I know, I know it's a very different orbit, when Elon Musk revealed one of the Tesla trucks 
And I'm I'm saying that to say that potentially Google's strategy could have been a publicity stunt. When you make a mistake, yes, I was. Or was it when you make a <laughs> so time only time will tell. But when you make a mistake on stage with and your in your presentation, in some ways that can actually trend faster than something actually working. So when Elon Musk, I think he threw something at the truck. And then yeah. he said it won't break and it, it did smashed. break. Yeah. yeah, That actually got it to go viral versus the actual unveiling of the truck. So let's see how things plan out. Um, but it's interesting now you're telling us now about this presentation where something went wrong. Because if it didn't, would you bring it up? So let's see how it goes. But but I think um, Google's too big to fail, right? So they can afford to maybe make a stunt like this. Um, so let's see. But it's it's um, I totally agree with your point and around the fact that I think they just will acquire anyone else that tries to run something like a chat GBT, they'll just pick you up. So anything from your side? Yeah, I think um, from my end, it's just, it's just interesting. I know on our podcast, this is all about talking about business strategies, tactics, what these big companies are doing. I think for all the listeners to observe what Microsoft and Google will now go into, Google had a search business that was printing infinite amounts of cash and now suddenly they've got um, a, a a chink in their armor where their very, very profitable, huge business could be potentially impacted by this new tool and new wave of search. And Microsoft, which, as Olu already said, with Bing, isn't very well known. But Olu, actually, to say that, with all Microsoft Office laptops, anytime you search in Windows or any of the, the tools, that actually translates into a Bing search. So it's all already... Embedded. No, I, I go to Google instead. I, I, I'll type. I'll type in Bing. You know when you go on your, you know on on a, on a Microsoft laptop, if you press start yeah. and you search for something on the computer, that is actually yeah. a Bing search. That's mm. that one. I open my Chrome. And go do you know Bing? Did you know? Did you know Bing actually runs on Google technology? Does it? I, I thought that it. Oh, well. No, I made I made that up. I made that up. Yeah, there's so the wrong answer that's from ChatGPT. So well, you mentioned something that's quite interesting that yeah. I'd like to get your feedback on it, right? Because <clears throat> everyone knows the way Google works, right, is they make a lot of money through ads, right? Mm. So you know the first few responses are going to be whoever's paid the most for the placement, right? Then after that, you then get like a, based on the algorithm, etc. How would that work with this, right? Because it's given you want to feel like, because this could be a big disadvantage to it, because you want to feel like someone's not paying to be placed or to give me this particular response. You want to feel like I'm asking this and it's giving me a fair opinion of stuff, right? So I'm not really sure how they're going to monetize it as much as they're going to monetize, as much as Google's been able to monetize it based on that element of it, it only gives you one answer. It's not like it says, there's, these people paid it. Like, have you thought about that element? Olu, it's a great question. And to be honest, I haven't thought about it because I think going back to a comment we said earlier, we're so early in this game. But I think for the listeners, the, the, the point that I was making was we're seeing two huge companies who are the best at the best at what they do with some of the best talent in the world. And they're really going to battle with each other in this space. So I think from a business perspective, learning perspective, we will, we will learn a lot over the next couple of years and see how it develops. And I'm excited to, to see how it continues. And of course, how we debrief it on the on, on Take Flight podcast. Just just quickly, yeah. two things I wanted to just mention. Um, from a valuation standpoint, it's interesting, um, Daniel, you mentioned earlier that they are valued at 29 uh, billion. 
So it'd be interesting to understand how companies like this are valued. Um, I know, it, it's, I think you said it took a hundred, it took two months to reach a hundred million uh, users with ChatGBT, and it was nine months to reach a hundred million with TikTok, right? So the valuation space is going to be interesting for this. But the other thing that came to mind as we were talking, Oli, you alluded to this earlier in a sense of the human race dumbing down, is a bigger question is the evolution of human intelligence. So I just use a very basic example, right? Um, generation before us uh, didn't need a calculator to calculate um, math equations, right? They could do it top of their heads and they could still do it today. Um, we use calculators, we use our iPhone. It's getting to a space now where you almost have to ask yourself, what does the new human intelligence look like? Um, because if you're heavily relied, if you rely heavily on something like chat GPT, they won't you will never have to think again <laughs> so it's, that's it's, a problem and, that's and, a but problem. the question is no Olu, is it a problem because if yes if, but it, but it, it depends in which world you're you're living in right so this is what i'm saying i think was it a problem when google search came out today you would say no yeah Olu, right? so I, I think I, if i had a if i had a dollar for every time you said in an episode just google it mate well i think we'd all be billionaires i've heard that's, you say that's that my lot. point so i think totally Again, and it's all it all comes down to so the thing like I think you guys have mentioned, right, is I'm looking at this as more of the mass society, right? Not in terms of people that are gonna leverage it to advance them, learn, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I feel like even if we start looking forward and forward, right, as a whole society, the mass of our society, sure, right? Sure. I think there's been a decline and there is currently a decline in terms of education. Now, it doesn't mean that the innovation, like the top 1% are not getting smarter, whatever, et cetera. I'm just saying the full population is going to be full of so many people just say, chat GBT, I've got an English essay, do this for me, blah, blah, blah. Then I, then I think a safe conclusion to make is just like how capital, the the, the wealth gap widens, so will the intelligence gap. Agreed. And it will, and it will accelerate with something like chat GBT. So which side are you going to be on? And what does it look like to be on that upper echelon? It's, it's even a great way be, to put that. And I think it's even when you think about it, it's like, how did we work cross-functionally globally before the era of the internet without messaging or um, computing? And that's like, you know, we can think about that now, that in five years' time or 10 years' time, our, our children could say, how did you work without AI? What did you do? And I think over time, it's just things evolve and things evolve. And like, how do we do things before? How do we do things before? And I think it's just the evolution of history, the evolution of well, history, and then the evolution of and, and the future coming into play. Um, and I think that's what all of you guys are saying. And she was saying is that it's too early to understand what the use case is. And I just pray that, like you've mentioned, Daniel, is used to really support, but still make people curious, learn, etc. versus like um, P perfectly worded, right? Is it going to increase the intelligence gap, which... That's worrying. Yeah. I don't. I don't want everyone to say they got first class at university. You got. You got to work for that. You got to work for that. <laughs> that's, that's the old school. That's the old school voice, right? The seniors. You know, in my day, in my no, day, wait, in nineteen ninety four, I had to work on, for my degree, right? On, on that. On, on that in point, today's world, on that, they're getting four degrees in the same in the same time frame. If that's even on, something that you on 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 that point, but, something that is relevant today is those the archaic thinking of five days in the office all year round as opposed to a hybrid model of working. Hmm. It's, it's 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 almost, you know, the case of apple and oranges, but it's 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 translatable. 
By the way, I would, like, I, would just, like, I know I know there's a lot of questions we're asking. I would just challenge the the point you mentioned about um it's early because Agreed. I don't know if it is early. I, I know why you're saying, and I agree with you in that sense. But the moment you think it's early is when it's it's just sort of raced ahead, and then you're part of the other end of the spectrum, which is now using ChatGPT for everything and your intelligence is going down. So I think I think um this this episode has really made me ask some hard questions. Honestly, um about is, 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 is Pete trying to say that advising people to be early adopters when it comes to technology when he just no, basically no, got no, 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 no. an iPhone. But, 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 but the thing is I see P as someone who hasn't signed up to this platform yet. Listen. And as soon as he signs up, oh this thing's a bad boy. Oh my gosh. That was like that wait, was like, driven the, 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 the podcast episode about Clubhouse. Mate, this guy was on fire that episode. But actually just to just to also add some add some colour to the comments. So in terms of being early, it was more like at the moment we can chuck in text into chat GBT and it comes out in text but mm. soon text could be translated into pictures video. pictures actually mm. they're already ai tools text could then be related to pictures pictures could then generate videos videos could then be movies movies yeah. could be feature films press conferences even the podcast episode like this we could be like there's four people olu daniel shua pabilo they've done this number of episodes in this type of format please create a new episode about this 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 topic it, yeah. it could really yeah. go from from there so i think okay. it will unlock a lot of opportunities that maybe aren't on our radar now but it'll probably come quickly hopefully it's not a clubhouse um, or metaverse moment <laughs> and and and, and, and they're starting to monetize it because um they have the free open source version then they have the pro version which they've released which is a i think 29 dollars or 20 dollars per month i think p's already registered his card p's already what i wanted to say just really quickly i think one of the, one of the smartest things you probably could do is, is look to work for these companies, become an insider. We talk about jobs earlier. You probably want to work for them and understand where this is all going. Not a bad idea. It might scare you. It might scare you. But I think on that on that note, I think we'll we'll wrap up the episode. So let me just open up uh, OpenAI to find out how to close an episode. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this episode 171 of Take Flat Podcast about ChatGPT. We hope you found it informative. If you haven't, that's on you. So this is all ChatGPT's response. No, I'm joking. This is all me. No, but oh, as always, thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you found it insightful and useful to know a little bit more about ChatGPT, its opportunities, the disadvantages, um, and what the future holds. Well, let's see how this all plays out because AI is certainly an exciting space. If you have any feedback, find us on Instagram and take that podcast. Until next week, stay safe and God bless. Take off, take flight.